there's a guy in there, and he's a Navy SEAL, uh, Josh Bridges, mm-hmm. and he has this uh, saying, and it's pay the man. And he basically lays it out this way. He's like, the rent's going to come due on your body and your life at some point. You have to choose whether you're going to pay the man today or pay him later. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's that's became kind of my mantra is that I, I started making the decision before the decision had to be made. Welcome to the Four Fires Podcast, where we talk about winning in all four of the essential areas of life. Welcome to the Four Fires Podcast. My name is Alan Kemper, and today I am here with Josh Sells and Stephen Bowen, and we are going to dig into the physical fire. So, so guys, why don't you introduce yourself, give the audience a little overview of what stage of life you're in, what do you do, and then we'll dig into a little bit about the physical fire. Well, uh, this is Stephen Bowen. I am 50 years old, and uh, which is hard for me to say, but it's a reality. Um, I am married almost 18 years. Actually, mm-hmm. this, this weekend will make 18 years. And we have four children, uh, 12, 10, and twins that are six. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm the old guy with young children. So mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's kind of my, my camp that I'm in. I work in operations. I've been in manufacturing my entire career mm-hmm. in, uh, um, with a couple different companies. But um, I'm in operations and uh, been through a lot with that. Um, came out of college, went into it. After two years, my the company I was with sent me to get a master's. Uh, did that for two years and uh, came back. <clears throat> Ever since then, I've been doing different roles. And in that first company, I was in uh, seven different plants in two continents. Wow. <clears throat> Certainly seen a lot, mm-hmm. bounced around a lot, and uh, uh, learned a lot through trial and error. Mm-hmm. And all of that. So uh, that's a little a lot summary of, of me. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. <laughs> my name is Josh Sells. Um, I am 42 and married to my wife, Mandy. Uh, we are also about to finish up 18 years mm. in September. So on <clears> that same track, uh, we have three kids Owen, who's 14, Benjamin, who's 12, and Livy, who is eight. Keep us busy. We're getting into the teenage years, which they were proving to be a lot more difficult than yeah. <laughs> I ever thought they would be. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we, we all think we're good parents until we're actually parents. <laughs> <laughs> until, yeah. uh, My kids will never do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So just got finished grand opening, a brand new Chick-fil-A restaurant here mm-hmm. in LaGrange. So uh, we're about a month in, still have no idea what we're doing with this big facility. We went from one of the 11 barrel roofs left in the chain, which is mm-hmm. one of Chick-fil-A's worst designs that they've ever had, um, to one of four of their new, what they call P14, store of the future mm. thing. And so we went from, you know, old and beat up and antiquated to new and mm. cutting edge. And it's, yeah. yeah. So we're trying to figure it out right now yep. and trial and error, figuring out how not to do it Yep, a lot of the days. Um, but... I'm um, just thankful for it, thankful for the opportunity, and just thankful to yeah. be here. So. Yeah. So one of the reasons that I wanted specifically to dig into this conversation about the physical fire with you guys is because, you know, we know each other through church, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I've observed, you know, I know of what you're doing professionally, and I've observed your families, and I know that 
it is not your full-time job to wake up in the morning and go hit the gym or that you're not living on trust funds uh, or that you're not at that stage of life where, oh, the kids are gone or the stage of life. You know, I had a friend of mine who was telling me how busy he was and he was like, yeah, me and my wife, we're doing all this thing. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys are taking care of the kids. He goes, oh, no, no, we don't have kids yet. And I was like, you're not busy. Sorry. Yeah, I just, you just, you, I yeah, just right. I don't even, don't <laughs> you said it. busy and you yeah. have no idea. Right. And so I just know that you guys are living in these worlds that have a lot of things pulling. In the work world, neither of your jobs are very passive. They're both are high jobs that require a high degree of attention from you, maybe at any moment in time. And the decisions that you mm -hmm. make impact lots and lots of people and at home you know you are you are pulled in lots of directions between raising teenagers and and littles and and we have these wives and we want to spend time and invest with them and yet uh, you are both people who are you know over 40 and what we like to say the top half of your torso is larger than the bottom half of your torso when you live in the united states that doesn't happen by accident. So, Stephen, will you just kind of give us a little bit of your physical fire journey? How's that path played out for you? And maybe if you want to dig into what is the number one challenge for you in that space right now? Sure. It's interesting that you use the term journey because that is a an actually a very good descriptor. Mm -hmm. And especially at my age now, at 50, I was heavily engaged in sports mm -hmm. all my life. My, mm -hmm. my dad played baseball and basketball in college and had a football scholarship that he turned down. Mm -hmm. So it was, it's kind of, you know, one of those things where it was, all right, I kind of had in the back of my mind, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to play something in college. Yep. You yep. know, and, and in high school, you know, I did football, basketball, track, um, ended up going to college and playing football. And uh, so through that, I, I did, in high school, I developed a very strong work ethic mm -hmm. with weights. Yep. I was tall and skinny. Mm. Okay, so I wanted to, I constantly wanted to put on weight. And it was very hard. I saw other guys that could look at weights, and they would put on weight. <laughs> and I would stay in the gym two and a half, three hours. Wow. And not gain what they gained. Yep. And uh, so finally that, that work, you know, paid off, and I, I, I made some slow but steady gains. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got in college, you know, my body started maturing a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, and so I was actually able to ramp up a, a little bit of those gains, but, but I always enjoyed being in the weight room. I kind of became a gym rat. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so in getting, in, in getting out of college, um, just naturally, there's no question in my mind, like, okay, I'm going to go to work. As soon as I leave work, I'm going to the gym for an hour and a half, two hours, Yeah, you know, and I was just on that. That was my cycle. Yeah. Just because it had been a way of life for me. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, if if anybody were to ask me, well, what are you working out for? Well, because I got to. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's no other answer just because that's what I do. Well, as I started approaching 30 mm -hmm. and then mid-30s, the way I worked out, I realized I've got to change. Mm. <clears throat> I can't be. You're doing like, hev like heavy, heavy, heavy weights? With kind of the, the concept of I got to get bigger and stronger. Okay. And I started realizing, like, what are you doing? 
mm-hmm. because I don't need to be lifting heavy all the time. Yep. I started having some injuries. Yep. I had some injuries in college, um, but I started kind of causing some injuries. Yeah. And I was like, man, I need to step back and rethink, like, what am I doing this for? And when mm-hmm. I finally got myself to recognize that, okay, I'm doing this for long-term health, mm-hmm. it, it kind of changed my strategy. Yep. I started working out a little bit different, um, started being a little bit more uh, intentional about what I'm doing. Yep. And, and, and then as I got into my mid-40s, it changed significantly. Okay. Um, I realized that I was one of those guys that go, in, all right, I'm going to do chest and back today. Tomorrow I'm going to go do biceps and triceps, and I'm going to do legs the next day. <clears throat> I started realizing, of course, I was kind of researching yep. that – my body's not recovering well doing that. Uh-huh. If anything, I'm kind of slowly losing. Mm. And and so I I changed to where I started working out different. I started doing shorter workouts but more of full body workouts. Okay. Because um, I'd read a lot about that as far as how your body changes and the recovery changes. Mm-hmm. But that also kind of worked hand in hand with what I, I need to do because you can imagine – working in my job is it is very consuming mm-hmm. uh, my current role so I spend a lot of time every day um, and so my my habit my routine gets into where the mornings are sacred I wake up really early mm-hmm. I think Josh is this way too and so my alarm goes off at 4 30 every day mm-hmm. because that's my time to have some prayer time mm-hmm. it's my time I catch up on email mm-hmm. um, try to do some reading and then I've got about 30 minutes there that I typically work out in my basement. Yeah. And it's everybody's sleeping. And with my kids, I love spending time with them. I, I get home usually fairly late in the evening. Yep. So when I'm there, I want to spend time with them. Well, if they're asleep, I don't feel guilty. Right? Right. And, and so I'm working out while they're all sleeping because yep. I don't want to come home when they haven't seen me all day and say, hold on, guys. Yeah. I'm going to the gym or mm-hmm. I'm going to the basement. I'll, I'll come get you in about 40 minutes or 30 minutes, you know. Yeah. So that time is is really sacred for me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's it's my time to spend time with God. It's my time to then shift into, okay, let me let me go work out. And yeah. I'm going to try to work out intensely but quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and that way the rest of the day I feel good. Yeah. Knowing, okay, you, you know, I, kinda, I was able to do my routine. I'm prepared for the day. Mm-hmm. How many times a week is that look? I mean, that's that's great in theory. Does that show up five days a week for uh, six days a week? What, what is I that? I would love to say it's every weekday. Yeah, I try to do that, but it ends up being usually about three days during the week and mm-hmm. maybe one day on the weekend. Mm-hmm. As far as working out. Yep. In your current state, you talked about a shift in style of workout more to a more full body. What's the current challenge for you? The biggest challenge in kind of protecting or maintaining the physical fire at this stage of life? Time. Time. It is purely me disciplining myself with time because my current job can get out of hand mm-hmm. if I allow it mm-hmm. um, from a time consumption standpoint. So I have to be very disciplined about that and to know when it's like, all right, I'm yep. cutting it off. Yep. I, I can't. You know what? It's just going to be where it is, and I, when I go into work, I'm going to deal with that mm-hmm. um, because I got to have this time. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is important, 
and and I've already seen because it's working out's always been easy for me yep. from an early age because I developed that habit. But now I can I can see so clearly how so many guys just get completely out of shape and their body starts just crumbling. Mm-hmm. I can see it yep. because if if I'm not consistent for two weeks, I can see the difference and feel the difference immediately. Yep. And it eats at me. Yeah. And so so I can see how easily that will happen and from a standpoint professionally of how you can let that happen. Mm-hmm. Because you got all this pressure and stress for all these things and you're like, I, I don't have time. I gotta do all this. Yeah. And so I can see if if you don't draw that line in the sand, how you can get you can start going down that road of where it yeah. gets out of control. Yeah. It's a winning in the short term versus winning in the long term. Right. So right. You know, we know long term, I'm going to be way better off if I actually keep doing the work. But it seems right now that I'll be way better off if I just don't work out today and go, you know, acquiesce to the requests of my of my work. Correct. Josh, what's your story? I was uh, what's your how, what's your physical fire journey been like? Yeah. So I'd love to say that um, mine got started the way his did. I didn't play college sports. Yeah. Do any of that? I wanted to. For most uh, of us, that's not that's right, not that's, that's not, not usual. Most of our story. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was uh, telling some of my staff today about uh, doing this podcast, and I said, "They said, are you going to be alone?" I said, "No, I'm going to be with a, and this other guy." He said, "He's older than I am, played college football, and looks like he could put pads on today and go yeah. play." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like so, I'm like, "There's not too many people who make me feel small, but Stephen Stephen manages to do mm-hmm. that." Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so I was a baseball and football player in high school. Um, I had a um, bone tumor in my right leg and had surgery um, on it when I was, I think, 13 was the the surgery. Um, And then when I tried to return to sports after that, I continued to develop stress fractures in my leg Mm -hmm. and just finally had to give it up. Yeah. And so... Um, which was a big part of, um, for me, it was a big part of my identity when I was growing up, baseball, football, they were big, yeah, big things for me. It's kind of where I found my identity. And so I didn't really do much physical for a long time after that. It mm. was just kind of became getting through college, working, trying to find a career, um, those kind of things. Um, it was actually after we moved here to LaGrange, um, I think I was probably trying to remember off the top of my head, but I was probably 30 years old at the time, 31, something like that. And, uh, I was almost 300 pounds, mm-hmm. uh, was about to go on high blood pressure medication. Mm-hmm. Um, felt like complete junk, like all the time, had migraines, like weekly, just everything hurt, all these things. One day just kind of looked in the mirror and was like, this is not where I want to be like this is. And my father passed away when I was 14. Mm. And I just remember thinking to myself at that point, I want to be there for my kids Mm -hmm. when they get adults, when they're 30 years old, I would Mm -hmm. like to still be around Mm -hmm. and (laughs) this is not going to end well the way I'm going. Yeah. How Um, old were you when that kind of 30, 31, Mm -hmm. somewhere around there. Um, so I made a decision that I was going to try to start pursuing something. Um, interestingly enough, about that same time, I had a buddy who was a pastor here in town called me up and said, hey, can we go eat? 
together have lunch. And so we sat down and he said, um, I'm going to go be a chaplain in the army. Um, I need to start training. And this guy was not very athletic at all. And I was like, you're going to do what? (laughs) I kind of laughed. I thought it was a joke, but he was very serious. Um, and he said, I'm starting to train with this guy that was in the army. I need you to come run buffer for me and like run interference and work out with me because he's going to kill me. And I'm like, okay. Um, and so he's like, we go to the gym at 4am. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you go to the gym <laughs> yeah, at 4am. Yeah. I'm not getting up at 4am and going to the gym with you. He's like, Josh, I really need you to come. Um, and so I was like, oh, I need to make this life change, all this, but this was not the life change I had planned. Like, so I started going to the gym with them. Uh, he ended up going into the army, leaving, and I somehow got left with army guy. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, uh, we changed gyms and had to move our time to 5 a.m., um, which was a little better, uh, better than 4 a.m. Um, 3.30 alarms were not, were not pleasant. Tough. But... I started seeing change in my body Mm -hmm. and it was very noticeable. I dropped a lot of weight. Um, You know, everybody was kind of like, wow, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, you can do it too. You can get up at 5 a.m. and come to the gym. (laughs) And we convinced a couple friends to come with us. Uh, They fell off. And and then he moved out of the area Uh and I kept doing it. It had just become a habit at that point. You're doing mostly weights? Just weights, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was going to one of the local gyms in town, Mm -hmm. um, just doing weights. um, But, you know, you're just kind of lifting weights. You see these plateaus. You lose all this weight, and then it's like, okay, now what? Mm -hmm. Like, what what are we doing now? Um, Around the same time, um, I'd found out about this thing called rucking Mm -hmm. um, because I hate running with a passion. Like, I cannot stand to run. Um, I played offensive line and I played first base so I said I tell people I'm, I'm good for about five yards <laughs> of running that's about it I'm really fast for five yeah, yards five yeah. <laughs> but after that mm-hmm. like no it's not good and so um, somebody I don't remember how I found out about rucking but it was like you put a backpack on with some weight and you go for a walk and yeah. I'm like I can do that yeah like it's heavy weight like that's fine like let's yeah. go do it and so we had started going to Southcrest, and uh, one of the, our friends at Southcrest um, was talking to my wife at um, like a Young Life board meeting one night, and he was like, uh, she said something. She's like, yeah, Josh has started doing this thing called rucking. And he was like, wait, what? I ruck. I do all this. And so she put me in contact uh, with him, and uh, that started this multi-year journey of going out and doing really crazy things and Mm. being in Atlanta at weird hours of the night, (laughs) carrying logs and doing all kinds of stuff. So uh, that became kind of a part of that journey and just learning to do hard stuff Mm -hmm. and realizing that you're capable of doing a lot more than you think you you are. Um, And there's something freeing about that. And there's something just... Um, that makes every other thing that you do throughout the day mm-hmm. just seem a lot easier when yep. you've already done the hardest thing. Um, I mean, I think they attribute it to... Um, like an endorphin hit or a... Yeah, but they, they yeah. attribute it to an author, a uh, Tom Sawyer author was... Um, I can't even think of his name right now. But he said, you know, if you eat a frog first thing in the morning, you've already done the hardest thing you're going to do all oh, day. Oh, yeah. Yep. And yeah. so that's kind of, you know, that kind of <clears throat> became my mantra is like, if I do this... 
first thing in the morning, everything else I do is much easier. Yeah. Um, then about six years ago, I had a couple friends that were like, dude, you need to come to CrossFit. And I was like, you people are crazy. Like I, I've, I've seen and heard what you guys do. Like I have no desire to do that. <clears throat> and, uh, but my, my gym workouts were just becoming stale. I wasn't enjoying it anymore. I kind of enjoyed, um, I don't like big crowds, but I like one-on-one -on -one conversation. Yep. And so I really had enjoyed having that workout partner to talk through, work out, push each other. Um, it's hard to push yourself when you're alone. Yeah. And so it's, you know, that, that kind of piece. And so they finally convinced me to go to CrossFit. I remember my first day there, like I saw the workout on the board and I'm like, oh, that's not terrible. Like I can, I can do that. Like, yeah, yeah it's going to be great. And then I remember laying on the ground and literally thinking to myself, like, I'm going to have to call I'm gonna Mandy. Th I'm going to throw up. Yeah, I'm going to have to call Mandy, and she's going to have to come get me. This is crazy. Like, why? And I remember one of my friends, I called him the next week, and I'm like, when does this stop sucking? And he was like, oh, it never stops. You just get faster and stronger. Yeah. Um, and uh, after after about a month of it, I fell in love with it. I, I really did. Um, it just, there was something about it. There was something about the shared hardship mm -hmm. aspect of it. Like what I loved about rucking, this was every day with this. Um, and I was, you know, the day I walked into that gym, I was already one of the strongest people mm -hmm. in there. My, my, I was able to squat 400 pounds at that mm -hmm. point. Um, I was deadlifting like over 400 pounds at that point. So I walked in already having that base, the yeah. cardio base I did not have. I mean, yeah. I was like, this, this is horrible. Like what in the world? But I fell in love with it and I made some really good friends there mm. and, uh, made some great relationships and it just became the day, you know, you walk in you're like, oh, this, why are we here? Why do we do this? <laughs> I mean, you ask that question every single day, like, why are we here? Mm -hmm. and um, I've fallen in love with it. Now, my journey through that, as I've gotten older, um, I've had to learn to back off a little bit. The competitive nature, the competitive aspect of it is not the way it mm -hmm. started out. And so when, you know, I kind of started CrossFit because I kind of liked the competitive piece of it. Mm -hmm. I liked all that. Um, but I had some injuries and mm -hmm. dealt with the body just not recovering the way it once did. Yeah. And I had to remind myself, you know, you did this so you could be alive later. And if you can't walk, <laughs> like, you're really defeating the purpose. Yeah. So the last couple of years, I've had some injuries in it. And usually it's because I don't check my ego at the door. Yeah. And so the last, especially the last year, I've really been much smarter about the way I approach even CrossFit. Is that people say, oh, you do CrossFit. I'm like, yeah. And I go in and I feel how it's going to feel that day. You know, they, we joke around, we lift heavy. Um, last year I finally hit my goal of deadlifting 500 pounds for the first mm -hmm. time in my life. Uh, but there's other days where I don't even go above 200 because mm -hmm. it just doesn't feel right. And if it doesn't feel right, yep. then I'm not going to do it. Yep. And I've just kind of learned that about, because I, I tell people it's not about the number anymore to me. Yep. And so I don't do this to prove something anymore. I'm not here to beat somebody. Now, every once in a while, if it's feeling good, me and my buddy, uh, I have a, a good friend that we, we started like a week within, with, within a week of each other. So we've been working out pretty much every morning hmm. for six years now. 
Um, there's just some mornings like he's the same way. He's about two years older than I am. There's just some mornings we just kind of know it's like, okay, it's gonna be good. we're going to go, yeah. you and me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, we're laying on the ground dead after the workout. But, I mean, that's just that's just kind of fun. If, every, if the stars align that morning, but there's mornings where – He'll want to push. I'm like, Mm-mm. yeah. <laughs> I'll joke around. I'm like, you go over there. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I think I have no desire to do yeah. it this morning. Um, so, but I've just had to remember what my purpose in mm-hmm. working out is. Is yeah. is I don't work out to work out. Yeah, that's not the purpose. Um, you, we joke around that you know you work out so you can look good naked, like mm-hmm. those kind of things. And while that's would be nice. Yeah. That's still not my goal yeah. anymore. And it's not to lift heavy weights. If it happens, it happens. If it's feeling good, then great. Yeah. The biggest thing that I tell people now is through the CrossFit thing, there's there's a professional CrossFitter. And that was the other thing that I learned. I didn't even know CrossFit was a sport, but it is a sport. Uh, but there's a guy in there. He's a Navy SEAL, uh, Josh Bridges. Mm-hmm. And he has this uh, saying and it's pay the man. And he basically lays it out this way. He's like, the rent's going to come due on your body and your life at some point. You have to choose whether you're going to pay the man today or pay him later. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's that's became kind of my mantra is that I, I started making the decision before the decision had to be made. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about people ask, how do you get up so early? It's because I decided a long time ago that I was going to get up this morning to go work out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not deciding at 4.30 when that alarm goes off. Mm-hmm. If I decide at 4.30, we know, we know what that decision is going to look correct, like. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yep. Yeah. You know, everybody, you know, I say that. I'm like, work, getting up and doing CrossFit at 5 a.m. sounds good at eight o'clock at night. Yeah. It doesn't sound good at four 30 in the morning. <laughs> like, yeah. And so you have to have already made that decision. Mm-hmm. And so that's, um, that's kind of how I made that decision and that's kind of how I approach it now. Um, so, yeah, I like that. You know, Josh, your story is really about has your fitness story has involved a lot of community. Mm-hmm. sounds like that you have found people to, Almost in every stage of your journey, there were other people involved. Mm -hmm. Stephen, for you, it sounds like there's a lot more in the, I have chosen uh, to be disciplined in like kind of your own personal routine. Are there other people who've walked that journey with you or does that, or, or is that more of a solo walk for you? So there's certainly been a lot of people I've worked out with, and I really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. When I've got someone consistent that I can work out with, yeah. I have enjoyed that in years past. In fact, that's the way I always worked out. I always had someone yeah. you know, that I would either drag to the gym with me or, mm-hmm. or they were you know, mutually committed, like, all right, yeah. let's go, let's do this. But here for the last several years, I haven't had that. Also, because I'm, I'm trying to do it this time in the morning, I haven't really been able to match up with anybody consistently. Mm-hmm. And so I, I work out primarily at home in my basement. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I certainly love when I do have that partner mm-hmm. and we can match up on times and routines. Um, it helps. It helps sure. because it's tough when you, you know, going into a gym by yourself is one thing. At least you kind of get a little motivation 
yeah. by seeing other people work out. And yeah. that's why I do have a gym membership. Because yeah. on the weekend, a lot of times I'll go in there early Saturday or Sunday morning before church. When you're when it's early morning and everybody in the house is asleep and you're walking down some steps and turning Ooh. on lights in a basement, yep, it's mm-hmm. tough. Yep, it's tough because you, you, yeah, sometimes you walk down and you're like, all right, am I going to do this? Yeah, mm-hmm. and you have to sit there and stare at the weights for a few minutes. <laughs> like, okay, come on, come on, yeah. and you have to motivate yourself. Yeah, and and obviously, like anything else, as you get that habit, it's not as hard. It's never mm-hmm. necessarily easy, but it's like, all right, I'm going downstairs. Yep, yep, I'm gonna, I've got thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it hard for 30 minutes, yep. and and I'm gonna get this done. And so yeah, it's you have to be very intentional with that. To me, when you have a partner, you've got that accountability, you've got that encouragement, yep. you've got a little bit of that competitiveness with each other, which is healthy, mm-hmm. and it does so many good things. So so yeah, working out by myself is not my first choice. Yeah, it's just right now in the in the period Season I'm one. in right now, I, I just I have to do that right That's now. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about. There's, uh, I've got a lot of business owners who uh, come in and talk about mentality. And uh, one of my one of my friends said, "Look, there's employee mentality and there's owner mentality. An employee mentality looks for an excuse, and an owner looks looks for a way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And when you own your own physical, mm-hmm. you know, when you we say this is going to be, I'm going to own my physical journey, then you set your alarm for four thirty or you go find a buddy who's going to hold you accountable mm-hmm. yep. or yep. you s- decide three months ago, mm-hmm. you know, because you tell everybody, Hey, I'm going to be at the gym at four thirty in the morning or five thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like you do the things that make sure that ensure you win rather than looking for an, cause there's plenty of excuses out oh, yeah. there. Um, we'll find, we you can find an excuse, right? There's a broad spectrum of people who are, in their four fires journey. There are people out there who who really have never put any energy or any log onto their physical fire. Obviously for the both of you, these have been, Stephen, for you, this has been almost a lifelong journey. This is something that you were brought up in. You know, Josh, your story, and, and that's more similar to my story. I didn't I didn't really figure out how to pull the exercise and then specifically the eat levers mm-hmm. and really until my late 30s. Um, you know, I was always kind of identified as like the chubby kid, the per- non-athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, so people got to go, why? Why is this even worth it? What do you notice about men in their 40s that makes them who who have put energy into their physical fire what do you see in them that you don't see in the other guys who don't get up at 4:30 or don't do the hard thing uh, what what do you get beyond just some general health from about these kinds of people well i'll say the first thing in my mind is <clears throat> to me what i notice is there's if they're if they're disciplined in that area, mm-hmm. very often that carries over. Yep. And mm-hmm. and I don't and I'm not saying that that's why they're disciplined in the other areas. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's how why they're maybe those other areas why they're able to be disciplined here. But it usually is a carryover. Mm-hmm. And so you know I know if I see someone that's in their 40s, and it's obvious to me that they're trying to keep their body healthy, mm-hmm. right? Not saying they're the, some big bodybuilder, but but they're trying to keep their body healthy. It's they're, you can tell they're intentional. Yep. There's a little bit of instant respect, 
Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Yep. You know, and my assumption, because of what I've seen, is I assume there's some pretty good discipline professionally and yep. probably in some other areas of their life. Yep. Just because I see I see evidence of discipline in that area. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's totally what that's kind of what I see is mm-hmm. a, a little bit of that carryover that I've seen enough of it that I usually kind of have an assumption there mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Hmm, I bet there's a lot of that in their professional life and in their if they're if they're Christian you know in their spiritual, spiritual life, life. Mm-hmm. there there's some evidence that I bet you carries over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say I mean I, I 100% agree with you in that. Um, I think going down another trail on this would be the the confidence that it brings mm-hmm. to you is that when I think about it, I think about the confidence of just understanding of what I'm capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm faced with hard task, I don't have a mindset of inability. I don't mm-hmm. have a mindset of fear. And, mm-hmm. you know, I like to, you know, I, I tell people, you know, I like to squat because I want to be able to get off the couch or get off yeah. of a seat for the rest of my life. So I'm never going to stop squatting, you know? And mm-hmm. so that confidence of knowing that, uh, my training has put me in a place where, you know, I'm able to, if I needed to, again, I'm not going to go run 26 miles. Um, but if I needed to run all out for 400 meters, I could give you that because mm-hmm. I know what I'm capable of doing mm-hmm. for that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, if something heavy needs to be picked up, like I don't have to go, okay, well, who's going to do this? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I had a tree fall in my backyard a couple weeks ago and had a couple buddies come over with chainsaws and we're chopping things. And I was picking up the logs and carrying them down to the street. And it's, there's, they're like, I would have just rolled those. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's faster. And I didn't and, get, and I can, and I can, and mm-hmm. it's just, it's just that that I know that, yeah, like I don't know how that's going to happen, but um, when I look, when other people look at it, I don't know how we're going to do that. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I do because I can pick that up. Yeah, I can, you know, jump up on that um, because I work on that stuff. Mm-hmm. I try to keep my body in a place where hopefully the demands of the day mm-hmm. I can meet, and um, that's that's a good place to be not a good place to feel like when there's physical demands or anything like that and you're just like I don't and you have to be afraid or yeah I'm not really sure you know my kid wants to go out and throw a football with me and it's like uh, I don't know that I can yeah do that yeah my my son talks about he wants to go elk hunting he wants to go elk hunting well he's eight now right 45 right so when he's 16 yes. right like yeah. I've got to be able to, yes. to throw a backpack on and yeah. go to the Rockies yeah. and hang with that kid, that 16 year old, because I want to be able to do mm-hmm. life with him in his, in his maturing years. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to go on adventures with him. Mm-hmm. And so the work I do now prepares me for the ability to enjoy that later. But I, I think 
both of what you, you hit on. I think a common misperception for us around the four fires is, is when we talk about the physical fire is that everybody, oh, you're going to go to the gym and you're going to try to get shredded and you're going to try to, you know, like, or max lift or whatever. And honestly, we don't have a, we're not prescriptive about whether you're a runner or you're a lifter or we just think that you should be intentional uh, with your body and you design what you want out of it. And that's going to change over different seasons of our lives, but I think a common thread is one, the discipline uh, of that that exercise flows over into a lot of different areas of our life. And I do think that the ability to know that we can do hard things, that we can we're in charge. When we mm-hmm. say get up at 4:30, that we can make that happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that that both that discipline bleeds over and also that confidence uh, bleeds over into all the other areas of our lives. I think it helps us lead other men and women better. I think it helps us lead our families better. I think it helps us to like design our day better. And, and none of that, we're not even talking about the physical benefits that you get. I'm not even increased muscle mass is is wonderful for longevity and, Mm -hmm. you know, and it does make you look better and it does help you pick up the logs. But one of the primary benefits that I've noticed by being intentional in this space is just who I get to be in all of these other areas. Mm -hmm. So um, I think one important thing there too, like for me, you know, I've got two sons, mm. one's 10 and one's six, but it, just from the way my dad raised me, um, he was always, he was one of those guys where he, he kind of always bowed, as long as God gives me the health, I'm going to be able to play with the kids. I'm going to be able to run. I'm going to mm. try to be strong. And, mm-hmm. and so I know when I was working out in high school, he'd come out there and work out with me. Wow. And and he always did that stuff, always. he was, And it was kind of my model, and it's like I want – not just my sons, but my daughters too. But I want them to see that, hey, God's given you a body. Mm-hmm. Take care of it. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. obviously we're going to have limitations at times, and and but if you've got the health to be able to do it, then okay, try to protect that. Try to try to use be a good steward with your body. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. try to exercise. Don't don't just sit on the couch and let it go. Yeah. And so. I want them to see that as they grow up that hey, number one is is your spirituality, but you also have a body that you've been given, mm-hmm. and you need to be intentional about taking care of it. Yep. And I really want them to learn that lesson and see that. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's here's a scary quote: Our children will become the men and women that we are today. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the best model that they have, my, that my son has for what a 45-year-old male should look like is this guy. And so if there's something that I look at in my life and I'm not proud of and I wouldn't want for my son, the very best thing I can do to help him is to change me. Mm-hmm. And this is where, you know, like I think we, you know, you were talking about I feel guilty if I walk in the door and I don't go to, or you know, like I take time away from my kids but if we take if we if we give up our model like our us being that example for them so that we can spend time with them which one's the greater gift the extra 30 minutes a day or them growing up with a dad who has who who they go yeah my dad was always physically fit yeah no like, I, and i fully expect 
my my ten year old son, he's about at that point. Mm-hmm. Where I'll start incorporating him in working out with me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that may change me to working out in the afternoons at that point. But mm-hmm. but I've already start pulling him down there to do. Hey, let's do some push ups. Mm-hmm. Let's see if you can do some pull ups. And mm-hmm. but. I, I kind of get excited that is, you know, the day I can start pulling them in and all right, let's work out together. Yeah. My daughter, who's 12, she's, she actually works out with me occasionally yep. on the weekends. Yep. And uh, so, because I want them to see, hey, by the way, when you work out, mm-hmm. you, you should be sweating. You mm-hmm. should be breathing mm-hmm. hard. You're, this is not a workout where you see someone in the gym reading a book while they're doing something like that. That's not going to yep. get it. Yeah. <laughs> and so and not, that's what excites not, me, being able to do that and spend time with them. Yeah. Or it's not jaw day. Right. <laughs> jaw day. Yeah. Which a lot of them work too much. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 It must be jaw day. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that, you know, we could probably do a whole, a whole nother conversation just around how do we make sure that we are teaching, because the gym for most of us is not a place where we bring our kids. Right. right. Like we, like how do we, how do we usher them into, uh, we recently went on a cruise and I went to the gym and I saw this dad there and he was taking his daughter around on the gym, uh, the, the gym on the cruise ship mm-hmm. and showing her how to use all the equipment. And I just had this moment of like, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Like it was, yeah. he, he wasn't putting any weight on. Mm-hmm. He just had her sit on all of the machines yeah. and go through the motions and get comfortable and I really just had to walk up. I mean, I, I, I hope it wasn't really awkward, but I was like, this is so good what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And the next day, I'm there with my daughter. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's it's such a, a neat space that we don't get to often share with our kids. Right. And and obviously has become important parts of our lives. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to even think about. Well, and it's, I mean, you know, Owen, my oldest, he's 14, and... He's, uh, I call him man-child. He's six mm-hmm. foot tall, 160 pounds. He's ripped. I, he mm-hmm. walks around without a shirt on. I'm like, dude, you need to cover that up. Like, yeah. I don't need to be not, seeing that. Not at that age. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's very excited. But uh, he, um, I've tried to get him to come to CrossFit with me. Um, he doesn't want to get up early in the morning. But he told me that he wasn't going to run cross-country this season. He was like, but I want to start working out with you because mm-hmm. uh, I want to get I want to get jacked like you and I'm like you know there's that's a that's not a bad thing for a son to say right. about a father yeah, yeah. and so yeah. It, it's it's amazing when you think about that is you know sometimes you wonder you're like am I setting the right example for my children mm-hmm. and for him to say you know he basically said I want to be strong and muscular like you are mm-hmm and and that I notice and have respect for that. Right. And, and I would so, like to move in the direction of my yeah. father. And so he said, I want you yep. to teach me how you did it. I'm mm-hmm. like, teach me what you what you did to get like that. Yeah. Um, and so it was like, you know, that's that's humbling when you realize that you you have a, a lot more influence yes. than you think you yeah, do. Absolutely. He won't admit that I'm cool like most yeah. of the time, but but, but <laughs> every mm-hmm. once in a while you get that glimpse, yep. that truth, and you're like, oh, he he notices. Mm-hmm. He notices. Right. Well, most of the important lessons in life are caught, not taught. Right. And if we can just live into it for them, you know, that'll mean more than us telling them to go to the gym. Right. Just 
us go to the gym and right. they'll figure out like this is how I'm supposed to live. I just want to thank you guys um, as leaders in our church, as leaders of your family. I look from a distance and I and I, I don't I don't often see a lot of guys who are winning in all four areas of life, uh, but I think you guys are knowingly or unknowingly on that path, and uh, it's been it's been interesting. I had this. Uh, we'll finish with this comment. I, I talked to a pastor the other day. He's leading a congregation of about 300 people. And I was introducing the four fires to him, and I said, hey, so if you look out on your congregation, let's assume there's 150 guys in the room. I said, how many of them are four-dimensional? And he just, <laughs> he's like, none. He's like, not a single one. I won't, we won't say what church this is. But he's like, there's not a single four-dimensional guy in my congregation. He goes, I think I've got maybe one three-dimensional guy. And I said, hey, so what would it look like if out of those 150 guys, 10, 15 of them were really four-dimensional, that they were really well, they were well-resourced, they were good at their craft, and they were well-resourced. They had figured out how to convert that craft into cash, and, and that their, their people fire was burning strong. They had great friendships, and their families were sources of strength, not of stress. Mm-hmm. and that their physical bodies were strong. When they walked in the room, they had a presence about them, and then the discipline and the confidence that comes with that. And their purpose fire was strong, like that they were so connected to their creator, and they were clear about the commitments that they're going to live into. I said, how would that change your church? He was like, it would, it would night and day. He, he said, if I could have 10 or 15 of those guys in leadership within my church, he said, I would have people to point, uh, people who are having problems to, mm-hmm. for, I mean, they would be models and examples. He said it would change the face of our church. And uh, I think that the work that you guys have done in your individual lives and the work that you're doing in your families have provided a lot of stability for the church that we're a part of. So yeah. I appreciate that work. Um, I will invite you. We are going to do, the Four Fires Tribe is going to do an Army Combat Fitness Test um, here in, uh, in LaGrange. I like the Army Combat Fitness Test because it's just, it's graduated by age. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we get older, we do less activities. And it's just a, a status check for us to kind of like see where do I stand at this moment? Mm-hmm. And then where would I like to improve? So uh, we'll put a link to that in the bio of this. Uh, if anybody's in the in the West, East Alabama, West Georgia area, and mm-hmm. you want to participate, we'll invite you uh, just to come out and have a good time. But I really thank you guys for being here uh, for the podcast. Um, yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll have you back sometime again, I'm Absolutely. sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. This is Alan Kemper, and we thank you for being a part of the Four Fires podcast. Uh, Check the link in the bio for more information about the Army Combat Fitness Test, and as always, live intentionally.